Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. It is game day, and on this game day, we are going to see former Seahawks quarterback Matt Hasselbeck's induction into the Ring of Honor. And, well, we may not see it on TV, but those of you who are at the game are going to see it. And one of the cool things he did leading up to this game is he did a press conference, gave a lot of great answers. And so I wanted to bring those to you in this show. Before we get there, though, I want to check in with Pete Carroll. He had a press conference on Saturday, gave some injury updates. And one player we'd really like to see tonight on the field is defensive end Daryl Taylor. He practiced today, too. Um, uh, we're gonna, let's just wait until we get all the way to game time and see if everything works out okay. Um, I think he's doing really well. He's really anxious to play and excited about that. And I'll be surprised if he doesn't. But um, just make sure you know he, the work that he did today was the most work he did this week. And let's just see how he comes back tomorrow. Another player with a concerning on-field injury was wide receiver D. Eskridge, who suffered a concussion week one against the Indianapolis Colts. And here's Carroll's update on the second round pick. We, he traveled this week. He was doing some special work outside of here, and, and uh, um, I haven't seen him, and I haven't heard any report of what happened with, with his, uh, the work that they did, so I can't help you. But I, we'll, and we'll, we'll revisit all of that for next week and see where he is. There was a little bit of overlap with the Matt Hasselbeck era of the Seahawks paired up with Coach Mike Holmgren, and Matt spent that one 2010 season with Pete Carroll. Of course, it ended up resulting in one of the most fun playoff wins in Seahawks history. Here's what Pete had to say about his time with Matt Hasselbeck. He was great at understanding the approach and the mentality of it, and he was promoted for it. He was a great um, uh, messenger and, and disciple in a sense. Uh, and, and when you have your quarterback uh, on board in that manner, it's really important, and it really makes a lot of... Uh, uh, makes a lot of things. It facilitates a lot of the transition, you know, aspects of what bringing in a, in a new culture to a program. And, and uh, he was good. He was good at it. And uh, he was a blast. I love coaching Matt. He was so much fun and, and uh, such a great competitor. And he tried so hard and cared so much, and had a great sense of, uh, of awareness and also a sense of humor and all that stuff. He was a blast. So I'm I'm, I'm so excited that he's he's going in. I just think it's great. Again, I go back. We owe so much to that first team, you know, because we did in kind of remarkable fashion. You know, we won a division and, and all of that, and and uh, then got rolling in the playoffs. And, and you know, so it was it was a pretty exciting time. Now, moving on to Matt Hasselbeck's comments from last week's press conference. Here's what Matt had to say about what he knew about the Seahawks before he was traded to Seattle from Green Bay. Well, they're my favorite uniform when I was a kid. Like, I grew up with NFL helmet, like, wallpaper, like, type stuff or curtains, I guess. And, uh, like, they were they were my favorite color scheme, favorite uniform. But uh, But it was always a team that my dad was playing against. You know, I remember my dad was, uh, he won the Super Bowl 18 with the Raiders, the LA Raiders. And the biggest game of the year was the, I think it was the playoff game that where the Raiders beat the Seahawks. So I wasn't necessarily like a, a fan um, of any one team. I was more a fan of like people I knew and uniforms, but I collected football cards as a kid. And I would like, uh, I would basically take my football cards and send them to the players and asked for their autographs. And very rarely did I get uh, a response, but one of the, one of the things that always, you know, I don't know, struck me or a thing I remember is I had sent uh, football cards to Steve Largent and I got those cards back autographed legibly right away. And it was just made such an impact on me that, um, 
him and one other guy, it was a punter named Ron Stark. Those were the two guys that responded quickly. And so I do remember when I, when I found out I got traded to the Seahawks, for some reason, I remembered that moment of like being a third grader or fourth grader. And I remember, Oh, Hey, that's the guy that Steve Largent, that's, that's my favorite Seahawk. He's the guy that, you know, returned those cards so quickly. But, uh, but I had no idea what I was in for and it was, it was better and, and more incredible than I could have imagined. After head coach Mike Holmgren had coached the Green Bay Packers to a Super Bowl victory, the Seahawks signed him and he brought along with him the former sixth round pick from Green Bay. And that was the start of Matt's tenure in Seattle. It's a huge, huge honor for me, just even that Mike Holmgren's being inducted. Like I take so much pride in that because I know what he meant to my career. I know what he meant to my career. You know, when he was in Green Bay coaching Brett Favre, I, I never really felt like he was coaching me. I felt like he was coaching Brett and I was allowed to be there. But the valuable lessons that I learned while getting to watch Mike coach Brett Favre right after he had just gotten done coaching Joe Montana and Steve Young, who were very different people, very different types of players. That was incredibly valuable to me. And so when I came to Seattle, you know, it was two years away. And then I came to Seattle and I got to be coached by Mike. I learned firsthand, like what I saw, how hard it is to be coached by him. The, the standard that he sets is so high and such a challenge that when you get to game day, the opponent really isn't the toughest part of your week. You know, the toughest part of your week is a, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice with Mike Holmgren when the football is literally not allowed to touch the ground. And, you know, so I'm, I'm just incredibly grateful that number one, that Mike Holmgren drafted me and I went to such an incredible quarterback coach as a head coach, but then number two, that he then chose to trade for me when I really had done nothing in the NFL. I was not invited to the combine. I was a sixth round pick. I had a pro day, only one coach showed up to my pro day. Um, so he would not only draft me, but then trade for me a few years later, uh, after I'd thrown maybe 29 passes, uh, in my NFL career, it meant a lot. And then to go through that journey with him where, you know, what, like I said earlier, it wasn't always easy, but we, we, we weathered the storms and stayed the course and we bought into his message and we were able to, I think, do some special things and set a foundation for, uh, you know, hopefully set a foundation for future success. So um, the fact that that he's going in and I'm going in the same year, I know how easily that could have been some other combination of players or coaches. So uh, I'm, I'm very grateful. During the press conference, Hasselbeck got the chance to touch on some of his favorite memories in Seattle. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, I feel like I'd write a book uh, about uh, all, all of them. And the funny thing is, is I remember sort of the the tougher times than better than I remember some of the great moments. And I don't exactly know why that is, but but I do remember, you know, everything from Eastern Washington, you know, having training camp in Cheney and being in Kirkland at that facility and playing in Husky Stadium. And I remember doing a photo shoot, uh, <laughs> not a very good looking photo shoot. You know, that was my fault uh, when they were building what was then called Seahawks Stadium and just trying to envision what it would be like and not never in my wildest dreams would I have envisioned us creating the best home field advantage in all of sports because it really wasn't that, you know, when I first got there, the Husky games were sold out, the Mariner games were sold out and 
the only thing I really knew of was, you know, sort of stories of what it used to be like in the kingdom. But we were literally building something like physically building a stadium. And then I remember when I think it was Todd Lewicki came in and he he really, I think, maybe heard from the fans and came up with the 12 flag and came up with all this other stuff we created together. We created something really, really special. Um, and in the process of that happening, there were just some moments or seasons or plays or games that you that you'll never forget but uh but it really was an incredible journey and in sort of an unlikely one if you were to uh be in the moment say hey someday we're gonna this is gonna be us and it would have been hard to imagine but it, i think it makes it that much more special knowing uh what's been accomplished coming up after the break matt shares his thoughts about some of the things pete carroll did in his first year with the seahawks that helped matt process the loss in Super Bowl 40. That's up next. Matt Hasselbeck sat down with Seattle area reporters going into the Monday night football game to take a look back at some of his best memories. And some of those came in Seattle during his final season. And he talked about what it was like having a new head coach in Pete Carroll for that final season. I loved it. I loved it. And I didn't want to love it. Uh, I was, I was about to be 35 years old. It's all we were talking about. 35 years old. We got this coach coming in from college. Uh, everything was very upbeat, peppy, rah, rah. He showed a video the first day of all this great stuff we had done in the franchise of Seattle, a lot of which was my era. And he said, all right, that's great. It's in the past. It's over. I don't ever want to talk about it again. We honor it. We love it. We just spent 25 minutes watching it. We're moving on. We're painting every wall. We're taking down every picture. Um, you know, quarterbacks, linemen, receivers, to start every practice, we're going to do bag drills. We're going to sprint. And you guys know the drills. You know, like it's all this kind of stuff. And I really, at the time, expected to not like it. And I absolutely loved it. I loved playing for Pete. I learned so much. Uh, the mindset that he brought to our team was really something unique and special. I remember the very first team meeting uh, where he showed a video. Uh, the very first time he showed a video was a video of Kobe Bryant. You know, I grew up a Celtics fan. The last thing I want to do is hear from a Laker, but he just talked about mindset and he talked about being a competitor and over trying and like all this stuff. And I'm not sure if the whole room got it, but when I listened to it, like it made perfect sense. And it, it actually gave me clarity with our Super Bowl, the Super Bowl 40 that we had lost that I still hadn't really processed at that point. And it just clicked and I, I understood it. And it was, it was just things like that. You know, he's, he had three rules when we were there. I could still recite for you those three rules because of how clear the messaging was, how the whole building was talking the same message, rowing in the same direction. Uh, my children could probably tell you the three rules because we have enjoyed them so much. Um, so I just, I really, I really appreciated the competitiveness of everything that he did. Was it always smooth and perfect? No. Um, did I nail it right away? No. Pete's number one rule was it's all about the football. We don't turn the ball over. We win. I started turning the ball over more than I've ever turned the ball over in my entire life. Why, why is that? I don't know. It's like, I've told the story. It's kind of like when you're golfing and someone you're putting and someone says, Hey, don't leave it short. 
I leave it short. Like, I don't know if that's just a flaw in my personality, but that's kind of, I started playing defensive and it took me a while to figure out how to cut it loose offensively and yet not turn the ball over. So there were some growing pains, but I, I loved, I loved the experience. And if I was a coach, if I was coaching a team, there's so many things that Pete did that I would make, I would, I would steal and kind of uh, do it exactly the same way. That memorable seven and nine season was capped off by the Seahawks win over the Saints who had won the Super Bowl the previous year. And that happened in the wild card round in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, that's a that was a great year. I mean, people ask me, like, what year are you most proud of in your career? And it, I usually tell them that to 2010 season because it was such a challenge. It was such a challenge. And to finish strong the way that we did to win that, to host that playoff game, to win it was uh, just an incredible feeling. And we didn't do it alone. Our crowd was like just so huge in that game. But if you were to ask my kids and my family uh, of all their memories of our time in the NFL, I think that game would be the game that uh, we would all mention. And it was my last home game in Seattle. I did not know it was going to be my last home game in Seattle, but uh, it ended up being that. And my kids had never been on the field right after a game like that. That was just never something we did. And it was actually one of the other, one of my teammates' wives probably listened to talk radio and was like, oh, this is probably going to be his last uh, time here in Seattle. And so she took my kids down to the railing, found a police officer who put the kids out on the field. And the end result ended up being in my last home game in Seattle, I got to walk off with my kids, uh, with my son on my shoulders, holding my girl's hands, uh, sort of like taking in this amazing atmosphere, waving to the crowd, waving to my wife in the stands. And, um, you know, you just really couldn't sort of dream it up any better. For those of you who started following the team, maybe recently, maybe at the start of the Pete Carroll era, Matt recaps it perfectly of what it was like to be a fan of the Seahawks early on and really how that changed by the end of his tenure. When I was a player for Seattle, I always felt like we struggled getting national attention. Uh, we didn't have primetime games. Even when we'd make the playoffs, we'd get sort of the, the worst spot of the playoff uh, scheduling. You couldn't find Seahawks gear anywhere. Uh, you know, my favorite shows on ESPN, when they would do the, the highlights at the end of on Sunday night, they wouldn't even show a highlight. They would show just like a box score um, or maybe a highlight. We never really got that attention. And it wasn't like I wanted the attention. I just wanted someone on our team to get the, the recognition. And I remember, I remember when, you know, maybe Sean Alexander got the cover of Madden. It was like, we all took so much pride in that. Or if someone got the cover of Sports Illustrated, we all took such pride in that. And, and so, so fast forward when I have left the Seahawks and I, I, I'm in the, I'm in New York city for, for their Super Bowl in New York city, everywhere I go on the street, I see Seahawks gear, you know, the media now is like, see the Seahawks are a team. We cover They're a team. We talk about They're a team. You know, who the players are on that team, offensively, defensively head coach. And so I just think there's a ton of pride that we have in the fact that it was such a struggle being relevant on the national stage uh, for, for a bit. And those guys, Pete and those guys have just taken it to a whole nother level. And so it's, it's, 
I, I think it's the coolest thing ever. I mean, whether it's my kids or my kids' friends, like the, the uniform color, Skittles that Marshawn eats, you know, like whatever, whatever it is, the visor that DK wear, like it doesn't matter what it is. Legion of Boom, like it means a lot that that they've kind of like earned that respect nationally. Here's Matt's thoughts on what it means to him to be inducted into the Ring of Honor. Well, I think for any anybody that played in Seattle, um, you know, it's one of the first things you notice when you walk in that stadium. You see the names in the Ring of Honor and you know, for me in particular, I knew some of the names and I didn't know all the names or didn't know enough about all the names. And so I made it a point to, to learn what I could, you know, right away, basically. And, uh, you know, there was just something special about what each one of those people meant to the Seattle Seahawks and to the city at their time. And, um, you know, just, just a huge honor. You just feel so much respect towards those people. And then to even be considered, uh, is it, is just an incredible honor. So, you know, I, th- I think that the, the, the danger would be to think of this as just like an individual award. And I, and I really, I really don't, you know, I don't know who of my teammates will or won't ever get in. I don't know that, but, uh, I do think that me going in, it's just sort of a, uh, symbolic of all those great teammates that I had and, and not just teammates, there's way more people than just teammates that, you know, contributed to our success, but, but for sure, like some of the teammates deserve more credit than they got. And I probably deserve less credit than I got at times. So it's, um, it's a long way to say it just, it's an incredibly incredible honor to be included with, uh, with the names that, you know, I, I looked up at for so many years. And let's close out this episode by hearing Matt's thoughts on the 2021 Seahawks. Well, it's disappointing because uh, I think we're two and four. I think we should be two and f- we should be four and two. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know where, where do I start? You know, Pete's thing is it's all about the ball, right? It's all about the ball. So the turnovers, the lack of ball security, even the ones you don't lose, the balls on the ground, like that's a, that's a problem to me. Like that, that's something that needs to get cleaned up if, they're going to get it figured out and, and fixed real quickly. And in the same way, I think just creating those turnovers on, on the other side of the ball. But I don't think that, you know, there's probably people out there that feel like the sky is falling. You know, we got a home game against the Saints, which should be an awesome crowd, a home game against Jacksonville, a bye week. I think Russell Wilson probably could come back by then. Um, you know, this is a team that we saw had issues last year, especially on defense, got them fixed and they were playing great defense the second part of the year. So I don't know if, if it were me and I'm just kind of looking at the landscape of the NFC, I still think, I still think, uh, Seattle can accomplish the goals that they, they set out to have at the start of the year. They've just made it really hard on themselves because they dropped a couple of games that, that they, uh, that they didn't need to drop. That's going to do it for this show. A big thanks to Wilson Khan for helping to produce this episode. You can follow him on Twitter at Wilson underscore Khan, C-O-N-N. And if you want to check it out, he's got an article up at fieldgoals.com taking a look at the NFC West, how they performed on Sunday. And it was really nice to see the 49ers lose to the Indianapolis Colts, ensuring that they remain at the bottom of the division no matter what happens on Monday night. You can follow along up at fieldgoals.com. There will be an open game day thread there. And also one news item, if you haven't yet seen it, LJ Collier among the names being shopped as the trade deadline approaches. John P. Gilbert has that article. That's based off of a tweet from Ian Rappaport. So while you're over there, check that out. 
I'll be back here with Clinton Bonner doing three in, three out after the game. If you see something in-worthy or out-worthy, tweet at Clinton Bond during the game. Use the hashtag 3I3O, and we will be back here with our thoughts from this game between the Seahawks and the New Orleans Saints. So until then, go Hawks.